Welcome to the Catfish and Crappie Podcast. My name is Mark, and tonight's guest is Brad Caudell. Caudill or Caudell? It's Caudill, right? Caudill. Yeah. Caudill. I love me some dill pickles, but that's got nothing to do with it. That's <laughs> the easiest way to explain it to people sometimes, yeah. though, too. Good stuff. So um, we're going to talk uh, sinkers. We're going to talk. Uh, uh, hey, there's Monty Sheets. We're going to talk some. Uh, we're going to talk some fishing. You know, I started uh, looking up fishing news articles, Brad, and I was going to grill you on some uh, some hot topic ones, some kind of controversial ones, and I couldn't find anybody, any of them this week. So that's good. So oh, stay man. tuned. So stay tuned for that, folks. So we're going to uh, start doing that for once in a while with our guests when I come across some really cool uh, news articles, whether they're uh, controversial or not. So let's tell us a little bit about yourself. Brad, where are you from, bud? I'm actually from Ohio, uh, born and raised. <clears throat> I've been in this little area for going on 37 years. So I've been here for a while. Uh, Ohio is my second Ohio. home. My yeah. I was told by Miss Betty Jean that if I call it anything else, she's going to whoop me, and I think she's just the person to do it. So, yeah, I wouldn't want to give her an op- an opportunity to make it worthwhile. <laughs> I I uh, we we met at the Ohio meet and greet. Uh, it was a pleasure meeting you and the whole gang out there. There's a lot of good people out in Ohio, definitely. Oh yeah, some of the people that stand out obviously is Chrissy and Ernie and all them. You know, yeah. You got the Rudolph brothers, Eric and Curtis. They're good people. I met I met so many people. Met oh yeah, there, there's a there's yeah. a lot of people there. Skip, Zach. I met Justin out there. That was a good time. Justin's good people. There, there's yeah. a lot of good people, and you guys really take your fishing seriously, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on my show, Brad. Because me and Brad talk in a lot of online chats and stuff, and he's as die hard as as it gets as far as i'm concerned not that any of you in chat or listening to the podcast aren't but you know people certain people i can i can kind of tell when they have a passion for the sport and brad oh yeah one of them so you're from ohio um how'd you get into fishing where's it all where where did it all start bud oh well we we've actually like for me actually i've taken my grandparents and great-grandparents and Mom and dad, they they all went fishing, and we all we've always done catfishing. <clears throat> so, I'm like a lot of people, you know, we 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 learned catfishing before we learned anything else, and we'd use, you know, worms, what whatever we whatever we could get. We never really used much live bait or fresh bait, so we learned to fish the hard way, I guess, if you want to call it that, because that's what it seems like it is now. Go looking back on it. That's that's pretty much the way it, it, it all starts. I, I just got into fishing in a very similar way, you know, and those those times and those days are near and dear to my heart, definitely so much that I'm sure the people in chatting on a podcast are tired of hearing from a bottom. <laughs> so I'm going to spare you guys that story again. Um, you know what I forgot to do? Um, Brad, I forgot to shout out my sponsors. Let me do that real quick. I need to shout out Fishbrain. Thank you for supporting the channel. Amped Outdoors. Matthew's a good man. He just got me a, a lithium battery to run my electronics. Uncle Lou's tackle is always. Uncle Lou's a good dude. He supports a lot of people. He's a good guy. I need to thank out uh, Jimmy and JT over at Port Barrington Marina. And last but not least, uh, Colton over at Multibar. Colton's a good guy. As far as I'm concerned, those are the best rod holders uh, on earth. And uh, I just talked to him uh, a little bit uh, via messenger, and I'm getting a, a 
not only do they make rod holders, they also make electronic mounts. So I'll be getting them out for the front of my boat for that live scope, which I do have done. So the boat's going to be back in the water, folks. Uh, if you're uh, uh, a channel member, I will be doing, not that I'm doing lives for, for pay or anything, but I'm going to start doing lives for my channel members. Every time I'm out filming, I'll do an hour or so live. So just keep an eye out. Make sure your bell notifications rung, and uh, um, we'll just fire up the, the, the phone or the camera and, and just go on there for you guys. You guys want to come in, you're always more than welcome. So uh, as far as going live, you know, on a regular basis, I, I don't know how much of that I'm going to be doing, but I'm going to make sure that I try to give you guys channel supporters some uh, some, uh, uh, some content, at least that way. So I hope you understand and you, and you, you get what I'm trying to do. And it's not, it's not pay for play. It's, it's just to hang out with you good people. And I really appreciate the channel support. So I think that summed it up. What do you think, Brad? Yeah, I'd say you did a pretty good job. I try. I don't know. I don't always feel that way, but that's another story for another day. <laughs> so, uh, what what what's your favorite fish to 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 chase, Brad? Normally, we mainly fish catfish. Um, yeah, we we do do a lot of bait for bluegill. We do fish for a lot of bluegill just because they work so good. Creek chubs. This time of year, um, my flathead. Uh, uh, love what i call candy bar baits and creek chubs and suckers fit the bill small suckers anything that they can slurp down their throat they're they're eating this time of year uh and i do better on those than than a lot of other baits some guys swear by cut carp and stuff this year uh but i've always had good luck at least in recent years with those kind of baits i need to thank dink over stink catfishing for the five dollar super chat he says always oh, a great show y'all make sure to hit that thumbs up thank you sir i appreciate you i think i think a lot of the bait situation kind of depends on where you're at because sometimes they could be in the water but it may not be a good bait because like car carp around us does not do good and the creek chubs though their creek chubs are like gold when you can get them i mean i had an awesome creek chub spot um, here at the local town, and they had a big construction project like last. All my bait spot, we'll talk about that too. Um, and they had a construction project. This bait spot was right in the middle of downtown, small little town square over there. And I'd go fish this creek, and I'd, I'd get a whole bucket full of them chubs, man. But they oh, did. Yeah. They did this project and and they're gone. I don't know what happened there. I think it just I don't. Nope. I think they changed something, somewhere upstream, somewhere where 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 they used to like or where they used to come from and and now they're gone so they, they might come back to it i've seen it before where they've did some work and then a couple of years down the road they get you know comfortable back in that spot again and then I, I I hope so. I got a green sunfish, a greeny spot like that too, where yeah. um, some biologists came in there and said that it, the place was way overgrown, super overgrown. Not even gonna lie, to the point of where it was, it was hard to get a bait even in the water. It was that bad. Wow. So they hired some company and some biologists to come in there, and, and they just killed everything off. And and that that spot was a big loss for me. I could I could get I could get thirty green sunfish in thirty minutes. No lie. They're yeah. not the biggest ones, but but those that was a that was definitely a good bait spot. Yeah, I know we got we got this little creek, and you could you can almost if you're athletic enough, you can jump from one side to the other, and we pull bluegill and creek chub out of it. Thirty minutes, we can have enough bait for 
a trip overnight. So I got a, um, a little Creek here that I like to fish. Actually, I did a live stream from there, like a 40 minute live stream. I think I filled a bucket up with a bunch of bluegills and that to date is probably my second best live stream. I actually went live while I was there. So there is definitely an audience out there for, for bluegill and Creek fishing. Oh yeah. And, and trying to find them. Them little low low head dams are usually they're not a real big area in a low head dam. Mm-hmm. If you can get to the lower side of it or just above the upper side, there you they usually hang out on either side of it. Great we spot got, for bait. Yeah, over here on the Fox, most of the dams are low head dams, at least the ones that are like uh south of me. Uh and yeah, further on down, they're all low head dams. Um a couple of them are pretty good walleye and musky spots too, if you go way south here. Yeah. So we'll we'll see if we chase them. I mean, uh, 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 my bait fishing takes up just as much time on, practically as my uh, flathead fishing. I ain't gonna lie; I spend a lot of time getting good bait together and stuff. Your your live scope will help your bait situation some. Yeah, I, I hope so. I hope they figure out with them. I'm not gonna lie; I, I'm I'm bad. I have some balance issues. Um, so throwing a cast net out of my boat is not something that I want to do time after time after time mm-hmm. after time. But I'll I'll give it, you know, five to ten throws if I know there's bait there, you know? Yeah. Well let Some... you be more but let you be more efficient for your, your time throwing it. Mm-hmm. Which is which is kind of key when you're trying to get to where you want to fish. I like to be out there up before time to start than to be when they're starting to bite. Ryan over at Sentinel Hooks and Cross Size, he says, uh, what rig do you use for chubs? Carolina, same way. It is, I, depending on depending on how big they are is where I hook them. I try to keep them as live as possible. I just use a, um, a piece of red worm on uh, like a 132nd or 116th ounce jig head. Oh, yeah. Uh, actually, I, I sometimes I'll use a slip rig or actually I got some, I got some jigs off a of while and that pink and white one he made was it, every cast or every every other cast. I was pulling one in a pretty decent size, and you actually had to go pretty quick. You'd think they wouldn't be that fast, but man, you can you can really reel down on an open face, and they'll they'll hammer it. <laughs> Bait fishing so fun. You know, I, I I need to make this announcement too. Sorry to interrupt you, but um, the Panfish Nation Championship. Round one, which is going to be on my channel. I moved the date, folks. So go on to my uh, 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 main page, and it'll be listed on there. I think I changed the date, too. Let me double check here real quick. It's nothing like being uh, prepared for uh, <laughs> your show on your own dark channel. Uh, that is going to be – it was moved to uh, April 30th, folks. So uh, if you want to get in on that, the rules will get posted probably tonight or tomorrow on the Panfish Nation um, Facebook page. They're simple rules. Uh, contact me at 1V1, that's the number one, the letter V1, at catfishandcrappie.com and say you want to enter. We got room for uh, eight uh, people to fish that, uh, and the top two get moved to the next to the championship round and so on. The rules will be self-explanatory, but I know people were waiting for um, – People were waiting for the 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 change in date. I'd made a mistake, and the first date that I picked was just a date that worked for me. And it turns out that the uh, Tennessee meet and greet that is that weekend. And and he's in chat here. Kenneth Powell uh, said he was interested in being in it, but he felt uh, um, 
not so sure about fishing it uh, in strange waters, which I can understand. So there you go. April 30th, everybody, it's been moved to. Uh, Parker says tiny, uh, tiny cork, little wire hook, and a red worm. Yep. I like them thin, thin, tiny little fill bobbers. They work pretty good for me. Yeah, so with, what, with with Parker killing some killing some bait fish last last weekend, <laughs> you definitely want to listen to some nice tips from Parker's bait service. That's for sure. You know, when I first met Parker, somebody that's a, a friend of his and mine, probably a little better friend of his, said that Jerry had a horseshoe in his butt when it came to hunting and fishing. <laughs> so I always gave him a hard time about that. But after watching him get almost 100 pounds of, of bass in the kayak, I think it was five or six hours, whatever it was. It's uh, still was impressive. Him, it was impressive. He found him. I believe he, he found him on a rock pile. He was fishing Baldwin here in Illinois. Um, and he was just slaying them one after another. Oh yeah, he was. That's a lot. That's a lot of bait, bait, bait fish. I mean, bass. Sorry, folks. <laughs> Sorry. Check, check your, uh, local regulations on what you can use for bait. You ever use bullheads in your area? Do you, well, you're a channel cat fisherman, right? More than flatheads. Yeah, we, we got both in our waters and we, there's times where we do target the flathead because there, there's times a year that they're just. They're a lot, e a lot easier to pen down to certain areas, which we found out from fishing it for as long as we have. You can really nail down some areas. But we last year, we kind of were scouting around a little more to try to see if we could find some new areas that they were in. So we're going to continue doing that this year, hopefully. You know, there, there's always the talk about, you know, blues, flatheads, and channel cats as far as catfish goes in the community. And I've been given that a kind of a lot of thought, and I've come to the uh, assumption that, you know, uh, blue cats are for tournaments, flatheads are for the fanatics, they're for the crazy people, and yeah. channel cats are for everybody, man. If you don't oh, love yeah. catching channel cats, if you can't, you know, uh, get, get a worm on a hook or, or stink bait or even, you know, God forbid you use a little chicken, whatever it is, or some cut bait and have fun catching some channel cats. And uh, oh, yeah. um, they're, they're always fun to catch, especially, you know, a lot of people, when they think of channel cats, they think of, you know, two two to eight pounds and when you get into the bay you get 20 plus and when they hit that 20 pound mark they're they're a whole complete different fish i'll tell they're, you that they're a different animal i mean we talk about the, the channel cats up here in wisconsin all the time at that magical place you guys know what it is in chat but uh, um there's something about seeing like a 15 to 20 pound channel cat doing tail stands in three feet of water that'll will really get your blood pumping they really yeah, do. It, it, as soon as they hook up, it's a fight. You, once you get, once it's hooked up, you, 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 it'll, they'll peel the line out just like a flathead will. And at the 20 pound mark, they probably put up a better fight longer than a flathead. And I love catching flathead too, but it, it's not the same fight. Just like it's not the same fight for a blue. Yeah, you can feel, I know like, I'm not a big, I, I don't have, again, I don't have blues here, so I'm not real, really familiar with them, but I know the difference definitely between a, a channel cat and a flathead, but that channel cat's got that jerk in motion, um, yeah. that'll, uh, uh, definitely is, is, is a lot different, where you got the big, you know, head swings on a flathead and yeah one and stuff but they're 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 a good time so tell me a little bit you mentioned sandusky or the bay right right there yeah. I mean, we were talking about sandusky uh do you get a chance to fish there a lot 
actually last year was actually our first year I, we fished off the off the bank like i did once when we were we were like six or seven i remember fishing it off the feet off the pier section and <clears throat> we we caught some fish but that you know they they weren't nowhere near 20 pounds but this year we actually got to fish off the boat and kind of the the first we actually went there the night before because the waters that we normally fish was blown out and everything was up in the creek channels and you you, you can't get a you can't get a boat in there without tearing something up so we went we went to the bay to fish for avid channel cat tournament and we were just scouting around and sonaring some stuff out fishing some stuff trying some new stuff because the, the bay was completely new to us we, and we and we caught on real quick to where the fish like to hang out and i mean there's there's a lot of room to fish i mean when it, when it's hot in there and that march april into april march they start kicking in they'll wear you out yeah you you slayed them on average channel cat tournament didn't you yeah how, how many how many did you guys end up with i i, I don't even remember I just knew I had to take my hoodie off because it was so slimed. I couldn't stand to be in it anymore. I'm like, it's got to go off. <laughs> yeah, channel cats, they're not as slimy as blues. I got, like I said, limited experience with them. But them blues, man, they'll, they'll, yeah, they'll they, mess you up. They'll make you look like you came off a, a, an adult movie set when you're done. <laughs> yeah, just can't believe I just said that. Sorry, folks. <laughs> uh eric over at super smurf eric fishing says i think channels uh fight harder because they're afraid they're gonna get eaten you do you, <laughs> do you eat fish uh brad are you a fish eater i, I do occasionally uh yeah. i hardly ever keep any it, usually maybe once or twice a year we'll take and we'll set some back and we'll do a fish fry or something and yeah you, we'll you, have them that gotta, way, you, but... you gotta do that from time to time yeah, you know, even if it's bring a small eater home to to a neighbor or something, you know, I'm I'm a firm believer that you know fi fi fish were put here by the man above to for to feed us, you know. For yeah, and, and like like that little river that we normally fish, there might be three catfish anglers that actually have boats, and one of them's sometimes out there. I mean, and they they don't even ever fish the same area as we do, and they, you get a couple people from the bank, but. No one really pressures it. No one hardly takes anything out of it. So it's always like we, we always find six, six, eight pounders. If you start getting 10 or better, you're doing pretty good. And we've landed a couple 12s and 14s out of it. So, I mean, it, it's got numbers and quality. Well, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in, in and I like to, to push responsible harvest. I mean, I yeah. got like set set of rules for myself. I mean, crappie, it's game on after spawn. Um, <laughs> as far as catfish goes, channel cats, five pounds and under, those are the size that I keep. Flatheads, yeah. I do not. That's just me. Never had a blue. Walleye, it, it, it's game on as long as I fit in that slot and I'm within yeah. the cruel limit things like that so um, that's kind of the way i am yeah I, I i you know some of these stories that i've come across in the past these news stories that i'm going to start incorporating into the show yeah you, you hear about people having you know like 1500 bluegill in their freezer yeah 
that's that's a little out of hand. You get in a lot of trouble yeah. for that. So I actually know a local guy here that I had no idea he was doing this, but he got fined like eighteen hundred bucks for doing something like that, and they took his fishing license away for ten years. So remember that when you go to break them them rules, folks. You don't want. Yeah, to do and it's it's always cheaper to buy your fishing license than get a ticket because the the license are thirty, you know, twenty thirty bucks. And that fine starting out is 100, like for Ohio, I think it's like 150 bucks. So I got one so, buddy who was casting shad here that uh, uh, the the warden came out of the bushes, checked his bucket, and he had four baby crappie, and that was a hefty fine. I don't remember yeah. exactly how much that was, but it cost him an arm and a leg. That's 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 one reason to bluegill in our area are so easy to catch, and the crappie are so much harder. So it doesn't even make sense to even go after the crappie because they get they get they get a lot of pressure here. Well, it's a know, nice crappie. Yeah, we get being you know right outside of Chicago. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of people that just fish. So granted, we're up a little further. We're up a little further north. So our our crappie aren't as big as if you go down south. You can get yeah. lucky, and there's some big ones. Like some kid just got a three and a half pounder at the one lake I fish at on the chain up here. And uh, uh, that really got my going. One person catches a big one there every year. Hopefully, one of these years it'll be me. But that's an yeah. And uh, I've, um, I've, I've caught a couple in Tennessee that were way bigger than anything we have here. They were well over. They're probably pretty close to two pounds. Nice. I, I haven't they caught an over two pounder since I was a kid. It's been a while. Yeah. Hopefully this year we'll do that. I kind of reset my PB for that. So I'm getting oh, yeah. Let me get caught up here real quick. Parker Pursuit says channels pound for pound, the meanest catfish. That one stuck out to me because I have a um a theory that you know they're very opportunistic feeders, they're grab and run. So oh yes, they are. So I, they're they gotta that, be aggressive to survive. That that 31 pound flathead took out hardly anything of drag, and the 22 pound channel that i caught last year was peeling line and i mean and it was set up the same way and it was just it was ripping some line out i'm like well you definitely got something worthwhile here you know when, when we're fishing up north and we get onto those monster channel cats it's funny because you'll hear the splash they'll pull that bait up to the surface before you know you got them hooked and then mm -hmm. all of a sudden they start pulling that drag that erratic drag pull of theirs so that, yeah. that'll get you going yeah, especially Roger in shallow water yeah, shallow Roger, water shallow water does it too roger over at muskrat adventure sandusky bay is amazing i roger I'll, knows let, all about it. I'll let you know when i get out there we'll hook up brad i got it oh yeah i was thinking about doing a, a a channel cat tour this year or a catfish tour this or channel cat tour this year so that would be cool i don't think that's going to happen josh over at catfish weekly he, he kind of made a comment that i asked what zip code it's in and then when i find out how far it is i end up not going he's absolutely right ain't even gonna lie there's chad over at fields to water he says brad is my hero hey, hey chad actually catches fish in ohio i've seen it once or twice you sure that wasn't d no it was all him. D, d, d was helping him instead of him helping d it's kind, kind of scary sometimes Creole says, and if you understood Mark's reference, we can be friends. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know a count. There's Cody Robinson. What's going on? 
Cody, how you doing, bud? He's another flathead guy who fishes with uh, uh, with Jonathan from Hooked on time to time. He's in uh, Central Illinois, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe I'll get to meet him when him and Jonathan are out here one time, so that'll be cool, too. That'd be pretty cool. Creel says, we can use whatever we want as long as it's caught using lethal methods. There's there's a, a, a topic to talk about here. You know, in Illinois, we the rules are kind of unclear. You know, if you meet the legal creel and size limits, it's unclear that you can or you can't use them for bait. How about in Ohio? Yeah, I mean, I think they leave them vague on purpose because sometimes you got to kind of read it between the lines and it can, it, it's, you know, up for interpretation as I call it sometimes. Because until I ask the ODNR, what it is, you, you aren't going to know. And sometimes they don't even know. Sometimes it takes them a couple days to get back to you. Or they just write a ticket and they don't even bother. That's the problem. Yeah. yeah. Well, usually if you have a question, I, I'll go up and ask them because they're, they, they're pretty well established in this area that you can, I can drive, I can drive west or south and find them in 10 minutes. Going through chat here real quick. I'm way behind here. Way behind. Um, you know, we got I got a couple of DNR people that I've talked to in the past. I haven't seen them in a couple of years. Actually, I haven't seen a DNR agent. I'm jinxing. Knock on wood. Hopefully it stays that way. No offense if you're listening, folks. I haven't <laughs> seen one in like three years. Hopefully it stays that way. So I, I seen three just today. Just today. <laughs> just today. Well, here here on the Fox, I think we got two agents that uh, um, that cover 24 miles a river. Yeah. So seeing them here or there. So Cody says, Mark would love to, man. That'd be awesome to do that. There's Uncle Lou in the house. What's going on? Uncle Lou, how are you doing? Uncle? Jesse's outdoor addiction. He's another local guy I need to fish with. Jesse, we'll get out to Rock Cut. We'll fish over there. I hope to be out there in the next week or so, as soon as this weather straightens out. So there we go. I think I'm caught up with chat. Sorry about that, folks. I appreciate y'all for being here. Um, yeah, so, I mean, those rules that are open to interpretation are the ones that, that'll get you every time. So mm -hmm. always, be polite. always be polite to the uh, uh, DNR people and, and ask them questions. I'm a big proponent of uh, becoming friends with them because they can give you a lot of information that can help, you know? Yeah. And they'll let you know. They'll let you know on stuff that might be uh, coming up and changes on rule uh, on the rules or the laws of certain certain things too. Way before you ever see any anybody talk about legislation or anything on it, sometimes they know a lot more than what the average person does on what's going on behind the scenes. So it's nice to get those little tips. It is, you know, and and if you get to be really good friends with them, if you got, you know, a, a little bit of something to share with them, whether it's a, I carry these bags of uh, trail mix with me whenever I'm fishing. I always got like three or four of them, and the <laughs> one guy loves the stuff as much as I do. I'll give him a bag of that, and he'll he'll start talking about where all the fish are at and stuff. So, oh yeah, they know. Wayne Hoska with a ten dollars super chat. Thank you, Wayne. I appreciate you, my friend. Up, He's Wayne? a big supporter of a lot of stuff. Good deal. Yeah. And there's P and B catfishing with Paul Boyd. He's a crew member. Need to shout out the crew members too. So yeah, bait bait's a pretty big topic. I mean, you could go on and on. That's how involved it is for us catfishermen, isn't it? Yeah. But always, like, I was always trying to do new stuff to land some more bait because the quicker you can get it, the 
the more time you have to fish for what you're actually fishing for. You know, if if you have the room, folks, I highly get, and you fish a lot, a lot. I, I I recommend you get a bait tank. I mean, the initial cost isn't so cheap. Depending on what you get, you can do an at home thing, find you a tank on Facebook Marketplace or on Craigslist or something like that, like I did. Once you figure out the filtration and stuff, it's good to have that bait available all the time. I will add one caveat to that. You know, bait out of a bait tank's never as good as bait caught fresh i don't care what you say they're good for maybe a couple of days before they start going downhill a little bit would you agree with that brad yeah i actually i actually we actually hand dug a pond a little koi pond and we put them in there and i mean it, it keep it keeps them healthier longer i uh on facebook of all places go figure right i uh somebody had posted that uh um uh, what is it? Uh, it's not Salvation Army, but Goodwill had a hundred gallon stock tank for ten bucks. Wow! He's like, I didn't have a truck, so I couldn't pick it up. So what did I do? I hopped in my truck. I went down there. I bought it for ten bucks and brought it home. That guy's still mad to me. I think mad at me to this day. Brad, I ain't kidding. That's a good deal. And then I bought like a cheap old filter off of a pond filter off of Amazon. I actually have a review video that I did one of my first videos on my channel, which works fairly well. I do have to at least flush that filter out every couple of weeks, but it, it sure takes a lot less time to rinse that filter out than it does to drive to one of my bait spots. And those are getting yeah. few and far between these days. I got to get better. I'm driving right now or not now, but last year in order to get bullheads, it was an hour and 10 minutes each way to go get them. Yeah. Sometimes we go 20 minutes the wrong direction to go 45 minutes back. But sometimes that's how it works when bait's hard to get, which it, when you closer you get to summer, it, it seems like that's when you're, when you start having trouble getting shad and we try to get our bluegill or creek chubs to supplement into that. The, you know, heat of summer, bluegill work for me really well. Mm -hmm. Live, live bluegill bigger the better the bigger they are the the more i'm keeping the the channel cats off of them i do love channel cats but i'm when i'm flathead fishing they're bycatch i'm not looking for that and bluegill seems to work they stay on the hook real well they got that tough hide so oh yeah they work for me i also like baby carp but they're baby carp are hard to come by that's that's a trip to the dam with a cast net and you're lucky if you get two of them do you yeah. ever, you ever try out. using them and hey, we we don't hardly ever get them usually the ones we get are you know, seven or eight pounds of the cast net, and you're fighting and getting them out of the cast net as much as you were getting them into it. Last time I was cast netting for for baby carp, I got a a twenty six a twenty six inch walleye and then a twenty one inch smallmouth in my cast net. Oh yeah, trust me, I've got my fair share of crop of crappie and bluegill this year from the cast net. The guys sitting there beside me fishing, they just sit there and looks, and I'm like, I got to throw it back. Got to throw it back. I mean, I get all I get all butthurt thinking, why couldn't I catch this on hook and line? You yeah, know, I've, been, I've been looking for a twenty inch smallmouth for a long time, and here I'm getting them in the damn cast net. At least I know they're in there. So, well, well the bad thing is sometimes with the cast net, you you there's times where you, I guarantee you they, they're trophy sized fish for like a Penn Ohio very easily and you're like man i've got to throw this back i'm like i caught it but catching it and then catching it the right way are two different things you're at, yeah you know you know i i don't even if 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 i catch if i follow hook a, a, a fish i don't even count it 
And I'm not even yeah. competing with anybody but myself, you know. Yeah. I saw Spencer. He got a 70-pound flathead that he follow-hooked, and he didn't count it. And I couldn't agree more with that. If if that yeah. happened to me, I, I wouldn't count it either. I'd take a picture with it. Oh, I'd take a picture. Oh, I would too. In sure. a heartbeat. But, but i let everybody know that I follow-hooked it. That's just the way it is. Yeah. You don't you don't always get to see those fish like that very often. So when you do, it, you might as well take advantage of it in the best way you can, the the right way that you can. Man, holding a seventy pound flathead would be awesome. Oh yeah, that'd be worth the backache. I'm telling you. You don't that that the big one that I caught. That was a pain. That was a pain away and and hold up for pictures and stuff. That was pretty exciting. I can't under I can't even imagine what like a hundred pound blue would be like. That would be crazy. Yeah. No wonder them guys sit at the back of their boat and they got them on their legs holding them up, you know, like a big old baby back there, big old fat baby. Well, the, the, the way them them blues wind up, you don't really want to be on the wrong end of the 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 slap of that tail when they get that big. Heck, that that'd be worse than your old lady hitting you. I've got I've gotten enough nut shots in my time to know to be careful and watch that. You know, yeah. a lot of time you you move one of your legs up in front of you a little bit, kind of stay at an angle, you'll avoid that. Or yeah. getting, you're getting crapped on by a catfish. That's happened so many darn times. Yeah. That's so nasty, nasty, nasty. Anyways, Uncle Lou says old chest freezer and, and an ink bird brewing temp controller will figure out. Uh, then figure out your own filtration. That's a great cool. idea. Those those ter- thermostat uh, controllers are cool as heck. That's the biggest problem I have. That was my next step with what a bait tank was going to a chest freezer. I just don't have the room as of yet in the garage, but you can't go wrong with that. Yeah. Let's see what else we got in chat here. I'm turning this into the bait show. That's okay. <laughs> and it's a big part, big part of fishing in general. Roger from Muskrat Adventures said, do not use galvanized deep freezer. It will pit and leak with the salt in the water. Yeah, I use uh, what I use bait right in my bait tank. It turns it blue. I got to come up with something else. I just set up my, uh, no, we're not going to talk about that here. So hold on a second. We got a question here from LG Bass here. LG Bass says, Brad, if a guy throws out four rods with only one having a spook, which rod will get all bites asking for a friend <laughs> i bet you it's the one with the spook <laughs> we had a little we had a little game going on the on the dock the other day because regular regulators was like i don't i ain't using these spooks they don't do any good they don't help you catch any more fish and they didn't they didn't catch any fish that night and they were all using spooks and LG was was fishing the dock a, a day or two after, and they were using they were using spooks and using rods without spooks. And the only one that caught a fish was the only only one that had a spook on it. So, so they were feeding up in a water column. Yeah, so. which ha- which happens a lot here. This is what I've learned. I don't claim to know anything except what I've experienced. And what I've learned is that a certain time of year here, the flatheads feed a little higher in the water column. I know that sounds funny being that the Fox River is, you know, four to six feet, but it does make a difference. Oh, yeah. So I will have, I'll have one out with a spook, also known as a demon dragon, also known as a triple city anglers, 
Float. I, I'm not sure I got that name right, but you guys get the, the idea. They're pretty much Zara spooks that they take the hooks off and they use them as floats. Um, and and I'll, I'll definitely notice a difference. Sometimes it helps, sometimes it doesn't. I don't hardly ever use them in lake scenarios, though. That's the only thing. Yeah. I, I do I do when we're dragging just to keep the hook up off yeah. the bottom to keep it from snagging up. And that's it, it it's not really to get it that far up off the bottom. It's just to get it enough to clear everything you're going through. Yeah, you breathe. pretty much you pretty much have to use it when you're dragging baits. You can't get around it, which they yeah. I mean it only makes sense. If you guys listen to the podcast at home, uh dragon baits is when you uh um it, use whether it's a Santee Cooper or a Carolina rig and you use a, a float between your uh, um, your weight, which is usually a dragon weight, which kind of looks like a, a a long extended. We'll get into the weights here in a minute here, uh, Brad, because Brad's the man to talk to. A long extended weight that kind of glides over any obstacles underwater. Then you would have a little bit of leader to one of these spooks that float underwater. Then you have another piece of leader uh, that's connected to your bait, your hook and your bait. And the idea is that 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 float, that spook, keeps your hook from getting snagged when you're rolling over snags. So that's the whole idea in a nutshell. That's the short story. Now, why I mentioned the weights, because, Brad, you're owner of Tidal Weights and Sinkers, aren't you, Brad? Yep. How did you get into that? Tell us a little bit about Tidal Weights and Sinkers, and then we'll go into how you got into it. Okay. Uh, I actually just, uh, just some of the prices in our area, some of the bait shops that carry what you needed were pretty expensive on some of the, some of the sizes that you'd use. And, that, you know, if anybody knows anything about fishing dams, if you fish in front of any dams, you, you're, you're bound and determined to look, to lose gear. It's just, just how it works. There's so much rock, so much debris. They, they're like the, the collector of everything. So even, even your terminal tackle will be down there at some point in time if you if you fish it enough so you know, we, we we just started making sinkers because just because of the expense and got a 10 pound pot and a couple molds and been doing it ever since yeah it kind of took off on you definitely i know a yeah. lot of people are ordering from you and and i know that you're up late whenever i see in some of these live streams oh, yeah. you're up late saying i'm making sinkers but what's up everybody how you doing and it's at yeah. ridiculous times i mean we were talking at what at like four in the morning last weekend yeah yeah he's busy yeah, yeah. four in the good. morning go, go to bed for a little bit get back up and start in again is usually usually the routine so you know when i when i was a kid i used to get paid uh uh, like a nickel for every uh, uh, mold that I would pour for my neighbor, Mr. Zink. Maybe you should find yourself a kid that's willing to do that if they exist <laughs> these days. Yeah. Get you helped out. I know that uh, um, uh, over at Limits Tackle, I know he uses vets and stuff to help him tie baits and stuff. So, I mean, that's oh, just yeah. my ideas that come off. And I'm always trying to think how to in, not improve, but streamline things, if anything. So, oh, yeah. So, how many orders are you filling a week, if you don't mind me asking? It, it just depends on the week. Yeah. Some weeks are more. I mean, it ain't nothing to get a couple orders a day. So. There, there's a slogan for you from Hook Chris over to Hooks and Hammocks. He says, Brad sinkers are guaranteed to sink. They, they're, they're guaranteed to be above advertised weight of the sinker, I'll tell you that. I check them. <laughs> I periodically check them. Yeah. Just because I, I want to make sure that someone's getting exactly what they they ordered so if it's a six it better be six or higher or it ain't it ain't getting shipped out so 
and and I know I've ordered a bunch. Every year I place an order with Brad um, to to replenish my supply. And I know that a lot of guys, especially in the catfish world, they're using mono. And when they're using mono, let's say they're using a thirty pound main line, they always they like that eighty pound. They like that eighty pound leader, don't they? Yes, it's not, I mean we're bad for it too. Sometimes we'll 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 run a fifty pound main, and then when we're fishing heavy cover. We went that abrasion resistance, so we'll move up from that, you know, that fifty pound mono leader to an eighty pound, an eighty pound leader, just to make sure that, you know, if that if it hits that metal, you got at least an opportunity to get it. But if it hits it more than a few times, you're going to lose it probably anyways. So, yeah, if you're if you're fishing around trash and stuff, that that's going to happen. I don't care what kind of line you're using, whether it's mono or braid or yeah, or even some of the guys that run the fluoro and stuff. So, it, it all it all cuts the same yep and i don't think we're going to be using i would really hate to use like a steel leader for catfish especially if i'm dragging baits no i know one 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 of the big tackle companies uses them on their their spook setups and, and they're nice but as soon as i get them i cut them off and i just use a mono leader for that so yeah and I'm but the that same being way said, too. yeah that being said that's how people are losing all of their weights and stuff at the bottom by having that so yeah. not that it's wrong or anything it's just a fact of life so yeah, so, sometimes certain situations dictate on what you what you need to do to be successful, and you do it. You you accept the loss for what it is because you know you know it could happen. And breaking that, uh, I think Chris was saying today in a live stream that he moved up to a forty pound mono. Man, I have a it's a pain in the butt to break thirty pound mono. I have thirty. Mm-hmm. I run thirty pound mono on all my uh, guest, aka loner rods that I have here, and I hate when they get all snagged up. It's always a pain to break. Yeah, them. you fight it. Yeah, that's that's why I don't use that eighty that eighty pound leader line too often because even though it's rated for more. You're breaking your main. You're for sure to break your main line, but some, that fifty pound J braid, you 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 almost got to. It's almost too much to even earn it at fifty. I've seen other fifty pound line that breaks a hundred times easier than that stuff does. Yeah, and same with that. That you mentioned J braid. Same with that suffix eight thirty two. I can't. Yeah. I can't talk well enough. But that being said, I pulled logs out of the river with that stuff, Brad. Yeah. It's like, I pulled tires. I've been dragging baits, and I pulled a tire out of the bottom of the river. Couldn't get it to break. Couldn't get it to break. It was a nightmare. But usually, if you give it a good tight pull, braid will will break. Where mm-hmm. where mono has that stretch. So, yeah. Uh, Bugman's got a comment here. How you doing, Bugman? Uh, Brad's oh, Bug. products are top notch quality, and he makes sure he gets what you want. Uh, if you are getting your lead anywhere else, you are paying too much. Who could argue with that? Thank you, Buckman. Wayne says, I used to stop at tire shops and ask them for old tire weights. That's how I got my uh, lead for my weights and jigs. You know, that that's, that used to be true. Not so much these days, right, Brad? Yeah, they're pretty much, they're trying, you know, eventually going to have lead phased out of everything. I mean, that's why the lithium, they're, it's on a big push because they got lead in them. So the lithium, lithium is going to take place eventually take over the the lead acid batteries and just like everything else the the wheel weights now they, they're using them stick on uh wheel weights and most of them are steel so steel so or zinc lithium batteries has usable lead in them no the the lead acid batteries the lead acid batteries okay yeah they're they'll 
the lithium are eventually going to take place of them. I mean, they're going to be non-existent or virtually non-existent. So it's going to be just a matter of time. So it's going to be even harder to get lead. You're saying, right? It will. I, I guarantee it. I mean, you look at some other, if you look at California, they're, uh, they're really big ban on not having lead, lead sinkers in the water. They want you to use something else. Yeah, they want you to use steel or they want you to use um, uh, titanium. Well, not titanium. Uh, what's the other stuff the ice fishing guys use? It's slipping my old my old memory here. Anyways, that stuff you can't pour. That stuff's got to be pressed. So Yeah. Monty Sheets says, proud to announce that Brad is now a guard member pro staff. Happy to have him beside us. Yep. Happy to be on board with you, Monty. Cool. And and what are what are the the guard dogs? Uh, what what product is that, Brad? Uh, it, it's actually a hooks uh, automatic hook setting tool. They actually made in the USA and distributed out of Indiana. So, if if you haven't watched any of Lance's shows, Lance uses them a lot. Every every show that he's done in and say almost a year, he's he's had them out. They're they're very nicely made. Nice American-made products. Yeah, that's a good thing, man. I'll stand behind anything that's made mm-hmm. in America, definitely. As long as you know the money's staying here, that's a good thing. Not that oh, I don't yeah. like any other country. If you guys are listening to me outside the United States, love y'all, definitely do. But you know, I, I like to see my brothers and sisters, you know, make a buck and and be able to feed their families and stuff. So, so well, congratulations on that. Did you say you had one of them to show us? Yeah, I actually got one set up behind me here. I'll show it to you. Pretty cool. Go ahead and grab it. Creole said, man, a 12 ounce tungsten coin sinker would cost more than my rod. Tungsten, that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, Uncle Lou. Uncle Lou said it first. Tungsten, that's the word. Yeah, I looked into tungsten jigs and stuff, and the only way to get that stuff done is to have it. I think they 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 use pressure to make it they press them so i did buy i wanted to have me and brad have been talking a lot because i just bought a a lead pot so i'm going to be pouring some jig heads here pretty soon for myself so let's see what you got there brad okay try to get it to where everybody can see it oh i can give you a full screen how about that oh cool that'll work this this is the the guard dog for anybody who hasn't seen it yet it'll try to give you a little closer up view that way you can actually see it it actually is stamped on it made in the usa the this is actually an adjustable trigger so if you're in heavier water you can move it so if you you can set the tension and then set the trigger for it so if you're in rougher waters you can set it a little higher or you can run it down or you can run it down a little lower and each notch gives you an idea of where you can adjust it to and how much it's taken off as you're using it. You know, for, I know some of the people here in chat, I'm going to take you off a solo here, right? Some of the people in chat here probably watch some of these survival channels like I do. I mean, I was just binge watching Fowler's mystery and adventure show, whatever it's called. And, uh, you know, in a, S H T F I believe is the word situation. Those would probably come be come in handy too. I imagine, right? Yeah, they, they actually have a really good hookup ratio. I actually got to use them last week. I went out and this, this lake's really no, really known for having a real short bite. And usually if they hit it, it's one and done. And usually by the time that you see it, 
it's already too late. It'd be like uh, Cody on three plus one earlier when the planer boards kept getting hit, and that fish, it did, that fish just couldn't take the bait, or the planer pulled it out of its mouth. This was actually setting up and hooking them before you'd ever even have to go to it. So it gives you time to take and go reel in that fish, and it actually will set the hook for you even on the lightest bite, which. And that place is really hard to get a couple off the bank, especially this time of year is really, really hard. But, well, can you use those on planer boards? Uh, I, I haven't got to use them yet, so I don't want to say yes or no. Okay. But uh, some of the boat stuff we're going to find out here as we go. I know there is people using them for trolling out on water off a boat mm -hmm. and having some very good success on them. So. Yeah, yeah, my percentage of rates behind boards are are, are pretty darn low compared yeah. to the ones right behind the boat. That's just the nature of the beast, you know. That that yeah. planter board, it it doesn't plant its foot, so to speak, like the rods that are right off the back that are in rod holders. So yeah, yeah, I hope we'll we have to do some trial and error on some dragging. We're going to set them a little, little heavy, and I'm going to try doing some dragging off of them because I think I think it'd be pretty beneficial because I know. A lot of times when we, when you drag, you get that you get that short bite, and they may they may get the hook, but you'll just miss it just because you don't get there in the time that you need to be able to do your job of the portion of the catch and the fish. So, if you want, I'll set this up and I'll show everybody how it works. Sure. Yeah. Somebody's asking how they're how how do you rig them up? So Creole says, I think my buddy Michael uses them on his boat when anchored. Yeah, you, you definitely use them on anchor, that's for sure. It'd be be really easy to do. When I set these up outside for myself when I did it, I, I actually use a tent stake because I use I use PVC for mine because I don't normally fish off, off the bank a lot. So for me to go out and spend a bunch of money on bank holders, it, you may, eventually I'll probably do it because I do fish off the bank. But mm -hmm. for right now, I, I use a piece of PVC, drive it in the ground, and a good old-fashioned $1.50 tent stake from most of your general stores, your Myers, Walmarts. And that's what I use. I, I use a stake with a lip on it, or I got some that's got a plastic clip, and the bottom of this line will actually go onto that. This goes up to the tip of your pole. So th this is what this horn, as I call it, actually sits in your last eye okay. your line will actually go through the horseshoe and sit here so you'll have that line casted out when you get it casted out you can grab the rod put it down put the ear in it set this down to the tent stake and then this works as a lever to to set your rod off to do the hook and i'll show you how to do it gotcha yeah they say i think jaw jackers are pretty similar to those so i'm pretty familiar with how that's set up yeah those are uh ice fishing aren't they they are for ice fishing yep in a lot of states you can't even use them that's what i was wondering we got some arguing going on in, <laughs> in chat here Cool stuff. I'm I'm big on the gear. I'm a gearhead, so anything new and exciting, I kind of get a kick out of checking out. So I probably should do this from the other side. But 
If you guys are listening at home, Brian said it, setting up this guard dog in the back. He'll probably let us know where you can get one or where you can see one after he's got it set up. So just sit so, tight and we'll get you that information. Bugman's apparently has placed a couple of orders. Oh, yeah. What, what I like to do, I'll actually take this through the line and I'll actually set my line in the horseshoe as I go. And then I'll add tension to the rod. Industry came on board. It's like that thing about not having a stake in the ground. You got the right length. Catfishing says, Cody, what ends up happening is I'll set the hook, then the fish immediately yanks the rod down in protest. Yeah, that's a good feeling. Monty says that the guard dogs are legal in every state but Minnesota. Good to know. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Yeah, Minnesota's pretty stringent. They take their uh, uh, wildlife to the extreme. I talked with Luke Henges quite a while about not being able to use bluegill for bait up there and only a one-rod <laughs> limit, too. That's kind of rough. Yeah. I control with three and not have to worry about it. Well, there you go. If you guys are listening at home, he's got it set up in his shop here. The rod's got a, an arc to it, and there's a line that goes down to what he's uh, calling his rod holder, and he's got the device at the top eye of the rod with the line running through it. Now, I got I got this set up in the, in the middle of the road, and it's just kind of for display purposes, so you'll actually be able to see it. Okay. It, it does actually adjust to where it is very, very light, but as you get it, It'll, it'll rip it right, rip it right back, and right, it they, works they, well. Yeah, it, it's very effective. I actually got the tension string a hair too tight too, so but I tried to get that rod tip down to where you guys could actually see it a little bit. So, Brad, you got like an affiliate code or something, a discount code or something to pass along yeah, to if, people? If uh, how do they get one of those? If you go to guarddogproducts.com. You can take and go in there and pick you up one. And with the, I actually have a promo code being pro staff with guard dog. It, it's Brad five. It'll save you some money. There you go. And that's B R A D and the number five. Uh, yep. I think always gets me every time. Cause I'm never prepared for that, for that release. You know, I've seen guys using stuff like that with bells on them and then bells go flying. That might be fun. Yeah, <laughs> yep. I've watched a couple videos of people people using them, and they have done that just because that that just that stop that swing stop to it, and they don't hold them bells don't always hold very very well. So, yeah, I I do have a link to uh, uh, tidal weights and sinkers um, for for Brad, and I imagine you can get a hold of him through there. If you got any questions on how to get some of his uh, uh, weights and sinkers. Or, or the guard dog, I'm sure he'd be more than happy to send you in the right direction for those. Oh, yeah. So, uh, check We're out that. Up a lot of, picking up a lot of vendors, too. So you guys are going to start seeing a lot, of, a lot of your local bait shops and bait shop areas. It, it just it, mom and pop to some, some bigger chains going to start picking these up, too. So we've got a hold of quite a bit of new vendors to actually carry these. So if you check on the website, on the guard dog website, we actually got a list of vendors going, so you could, you're able to pick them up 
locally to you. So if you don't want to wait and you don't want to order them through the website. So, and we're not to take, not to go too far back, but those are made out of aluminum, correct? Yeah. They're made out of aluminum. 6061. Oh, that's, that's pretty heavy duty stuff. So yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty dang strong. I, I'd be surprised if you can bend them. If you're not throwing them in the river, like someone we know, you'll have <laughs> them for life pretty much. Hey, he might look into getting some because it might save him some rods because he might be able to tie the rod and the rod holder. There you go. Joe <laughs> Catfish, it says, Brian, uh, he's talking to Brian and Chad. He says, uh, uh, for those, you'd probably use a J-hook with a little more tension. Do you use J-hooks with those? Uh, I haven't personally, but uh, either either hook style of work, I've actually used. I was using circle hooks the other day on them, and I figured if, they, if they're going to have an issue setting a hook on anything, it'd be a J-hook or a, a circle hook. Mm-hmm. But the way the motion is on it, it's so smooth. When you actually have tension out on it and you don't got like I did I had it oversprung and I know I did. But for the space and trying to get it into view and everything. But it actually it set the J hooks better than I could have set them myself. So cool. I've been using I use J hooks and circle hooks, so those would be kind of cool. I don't yeah so much, but I don't see why they wouldn't work well anchored though. Yeah. And, you know, if you're a live streamer too, I can see how that would help you uh not have to pay attention to those lines as much too. So yeah, if you're if you're busy rebating another rod and your back's turned to to it when you're you're know, cutting up bait or trying mm-hmm. to re-rig a line. I mean I, I've watched countless times that people use them. And I'm a firm believer that they're gonna they're gonna catch you more fish by using them, and you know, for for the price point of you know they're about twenty bucks. I mean, I've wasted more than twenty dollars in a week, about every week. So twenty bucks is worth not missing a fish. That's for oh, sure. Oh yes, I want to give a shout out to Justin's fishing fetish. He's been a member for twelve months. He says great okay, show tonight. Right. Thank you very much. I would highlight that Justin, but Streamyard doesn't allow me to do that. Uh, uh, for the member milestone. So uh, uh, thank you, sir. I appreciate you. Uh, anything else you want to say, Brad? We're coming up with just over an hour here. I had a good time talking to you tonight. Oh, yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to plug or or mention before we call it a night? Oh, uh, yeah. Just get out there and do some fishing and, ha- and most of all, have fun. Uh, you know, some of these new products that people are coming out with, they're, they're not really meant to change change the way you're fishing. They're 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 meant to improve on what you're already doing. So, one hundred percent, I couldn't agree more. Uh, let's see, what do I got? Uh, I will be uh, this Thursday night uh, on uh, um, Panfish Nation. Uh, I'm going to get those rules posted up for the Panfish Nation Championship Tournament. Round one is going to be on my channel, April thirtieth, I believe, is what the date is. Uh, you can check my channel for that. Uh, get involved, get in there. We still got plenty of openings for, for that first day. Uh, and if you uh, are in the top two of that, you uh, advance to the championship. So it's going to be a lot of fun for everybody. We're having four four uh, events. If you don't get in on the first one, you can always get in on one of the other dates that are happening throughout the summer. I think we're ending it sometime in October. We haven't decided on a date yet. So if you don't win on my first round, you can go to round two. I think it's either on Chad or Josh's or Dockery's channel. I think it's on on Chad's channel, the second one. You can re-enter and you can up your chance to get in, uh, into the championship. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, 
Cool. Other than that, uh, oh, I want to say hello to Catfish Stalker Outdoors with Captain Greg Olie. What's up, Captain Greg? How you doing, bud? He says, awesome show. Thank you, Captain Greg. I got to get him on my show, definitely. Been meaning to ask him for a long time. LG Bash is a great show, too. All right, everybody. Well, um, I look forward to uh, uh, getting out there on the water in the next week or so. Uh, keep an eye out if you are a channel member. I will go live for you guys at least for a little while while I'm out there trying to make a video. Or You guys can watch me tuning in my live scope like a big dummy because i have no idea what i'm doing here it might be humorous to watch so keep an eye out for that make sure the bell notifications rung thank everybody for watching i appreciate you um thanks again Bryce. Dave, thanks for having me on i appreciate it sit tight good night everybody